Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome on into another edition of the Hooper's Log. It is October 20th, 2015, your Tuesday. We're going up on a Tuesday on CLNS Radio. Again, I am I am wearing a different headset today, so if it cuts in and out, I apologize um, in advance for that. But I will do my best to stay on the line and do the best that I can. I might even switch back to my old headset to kind of get an idea of what it will sound like and what it will be like for the rest of the season. We are here to preview the Pacific Division, the first of three Western Conference divisions today for you in the world of the NBA, the first one in the Western Conference with the defending NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. Again, we have Andrew Norris here today. We have a bunch of stuff to go over, I mean, early on, and then we'll go straight into our previews again. You are listening to the Hooper's Log here on CLNS Radio on top of your listening to uh, – Blog Talk Radio through Blog Talk Radio for listening live. The phone number, if you'd like to call in and talk about any of these teams, the defending champions, uh, anybody, uh, any of the LA teams, the Kings, maybe even the Suns, if you want to call in, always feel free to do so. 323 642 1558 is the number. And anticipate, again, a longer show today. Might be about 75, 90 minutes, depending upon what kind of content we get into, what kind of conversations. If you call in, we'll definitely expand the show a little bit to give you more of a preview of what to expect. Again, today, the Pacific Division, the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Kings, and Suns. We're still doing that NBA 2K giveaway. What is the total points scored in the career of Michael Jordan in his NBA Finals Game 5s? Total points scored in all Game 5s in the NBA Finals of his career. If you have the answer, you get the game. Answer by calling in again, and the number is 323-642-1558 is the number. And, again, if you want to know everything about me, go to cmobuckets.com. You can also click on old shows, old podcasts uh, from the past. You can also listen to all of the Eastern Conference previews that I have there with Andrew and I, and uh, we will get all those up to date for you, and they're there for you on the website, cmobuckets, C-M-O-B-U-C-K-E-T-S dot com. Also, again, the NBA 2K16 giveaway. Again, the total points scored in the career of Michael Jordan in NBA Finals Game 5s in his career. All of them, the total points scored in Game 5s of Michael Jordan's career. We're going to have shirts and beanies coming up here within the next month, guaranteed within the next month maybe even in the next couple of weeks, depending upon where we are when it comes to our finances here for the show. And then obviously, again, you're listening to CLNS Radio on Blog Talk Radio. And again, the phone number one more time is 
five eight. Uh Andrew, how you doing, man? Uh I'm giddy, man. We're a week away. Uh you know, I love doing yeah. these previews, but I'd much rather be doing previews. Um, you know, I just I just want to watch real non preseason basketball. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to watch some real basketball, not this preseason, you know, this stuff. And it's good to, it's good to see the guys getting better and improving, the young guys getting an idea for what the season's going to look like. Um, again, though, we're going to be the, the season will begin a week from today, uh, October 27th. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited as well. And the other cool thing about this is that you, if you're if you're listening to the Hoopers Log right now live or even to the podcast through the CLS app or even on blogtalkradio.com, we will be doing daily shows of the of the Hooper's Log starting November 2nd. We will go every day, Monday through Friday, not Saturday, Sunday. Those are weekends. But Monday through Friday, we'll go every day. We'll give you the time slot sometime next week, but we're going to go every day from November 2nd all the way until the NBA Finals ends in June. Now, again, there's going to be days where we have off. Obviously, you have Thanksgiving, you have the Christmas time, the holiday season. There's going to be times here and there where I will be missing the show. Maybe Andrew can host the show on his own if he feels like it. We get, we, we have options to have this show go daily, and we want to get your uh, opinion on that if you want to listen daily. I mean, even not opinion, but if you want to hear this show on a daily basis, we will have it for you. We will have our opinion on any hot topics. For example, the Louisville brothel. Apparently, there's this thing going on in Louisville where guys are getting recruited and they're and they're base, basically being thrown into a strip club. Pretty much the idea behind what is happening in this breaking news today. I turn on my phone and all of a sudden, right before I start getting the show ready, I see Rick Pitino getting this thing going where he, you know, has guys running around getting recruited, potentially being, you know, uh, treated as though they're going to a as they're going to a strip club, you know, and a bunch of ex recruits guys now in the NBA just stating these comments like it's nothing because clearly they're getting paid. Why would they? Why would they care at this point? You know, and so with that being the case, we would have topics like that on a daily basis and get in depth with you, the listener. Again, you're listening to the Hoopers Log. We're about to preview the Pacific Division. You ready to get this preview going, Andrew? Let's do it. We'll do it. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. This is the division where the defending NBA champions reside. The Golden State Warriors a year ago going 67 and 15. 67 and 15 a year ago, clearly from start to finish, from the beginning of the NBA season all the way to the very end, this was the best team in the NBA. And there was a one game I remember last year early on when the Golden State Warriors played where they played the New Orleans Pelicans. And the Pelicans weren't doing amazing, but they had a young guy in Anthony Davis and obviously a guy in Steph Curry who won the MVP, won the NBA championship, a guy on that team. And I remember that in November from a year ago. And I was sitting there watching the Golden State Warriors and thinking, okay, this team's legit. They're scary. I mean, at that point, they'd only had two losses. I think they were a month. It was like the end of November, early December. They were a month plus into the season, and this this Golden State Warrior team was for real. Now, I'm not going to sit here and knock this team, but I am going to give some realism to what they did last season, and it's not going to be pretty. Last year, what they did was unbelievable. 67-15. and Everybody play outstanding and play solid basketball. No one played bad basketball on this team last year. No one. Andrew Bogut played played pretty solid. He didn't play what we all expected him to do when he first when he got his first you know, when he was number one in the draft about 10 years back, 
He played solid basketball. Draymond Green improved to one of the more elite defenders at the small forward and power forward position in the NBA this past season and obviously got paid for it. Harrison Barnes is playing solid basketball. Nothing great, just solid. And then obviously Clay Thompson is still a top five shooting guard, maybe even top three in the NBA, depending upon how you look at him. And then obviously Steph Curry winning the MVP last season. You can make the case he's not the most athletic or even the best point guard in the NBA. Now, obviously he is. He won the MVP. He's the best shooting. He's the best shooter in the NBA, no questions asked. Um, but when it comes to his overall skill set, he's amazing. But there's some other guys out there that can challenge him in other departments. He's outstanding with the ball when he shoots the ball. When it comes to his ball handling, he's definitely up there as a top five ball handler. But, I mean, the guy is still a little guy. He played out of his mind last year and clearly played great with the supporting cast, which played great around him. Again, finals MVP, Andre Iguodala. He stepped up in big moments. Maurice Spates, Mo Buckets. I got something related with him. But Mo Buckets, this guy is a guy that came off the bench and provided sparks for a solid five, ten minutes of ball game when they needed him. In some parts of the season, they needed him for a good 15, 20 minutes of ball game. Leandro Barbosa, a guy who's clearly passed his prime, not the, the, the speedy Brazilian that he used to be, but he's still a solid guy off the bench who can play both guard positions. Sean Livingston, another guy. Festus Azili, they picked up Jason Thompson in the offseason. Obviously, Steph, Stephen Kerr is a guy who their coach is second year coming in. He, he obviously took them to the next level last year winning the title, but he's going to be out for a while, and he's not going to be around the team for probably about a month, maybe two months, depending upon where his health takes him. But this team is pretty much the same team coming into this year. Now, I'm going to give you that realism that I was about to tell you about, and I'm going to give it to you now. They're the defending champions. Everything. And I mean everything went right for this team last year. I'm not going to knock them because of the defending champs, but they went 67-15 and 15 in the Western Conference in a conference that, let's be honest, is one of the greatest – this is one of the greatest eras of the Western Conference we'll ever see. Every single year, there's about six, seven, 50-win teams, and they're all battling for a spot. The San Antonio Spurs, to give you an example, they finished with 50-plus wins, and, like, and they finished sixth in the Western Conference. It is insane the amount of wins these guys are racking up. Uh, there's six teams in the Western Conference last year that would have finished second in the NBA Eastern Conference. It's that insane this time of year in the, in the, in the, in the Western Conference. But let's be honest. How many guys got injured on this team last year? Nobody. Nobody got significantly hurt for long stretches of time. They, 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 they got away from the injury bug. They didn't get hurt this year. Everyone played very well, like I just mentioned. Everyone played solid basketball. No one played out of their mind outside of Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson stepped up. Obviously, Draymond Green stepped up. But when it comes to this team's talent, I'm just telling you, they, they got so many advantages when they got to the postseason. They played a very young you – give, you give the New Orleans Pelicans a couple of years, this team is going to be very scary, but right now they're still young. So Golden State played them in the first round. They clearly outmatched them. Then you go into uh, a situation where you play the Memphis Grizzlies. Mike Conley's out the first two games, and you're playing, you're playing Beno Udre. Steph Curry's going to eat him for lunch, which he did. They clearly had a better big, big men set in Memphis, but – but Golden State got the advantage knowing that they had better guard play, just just naturally. And then they went and played a Houston Rockets team who had just come back from a 3-1 deficit, like one of the few times in NBA history it had ever happened. They're gassed. He's one of the better defenders on the defensive side of the ball, and he's out. 
Steph Curry's got an easy one to the rack. They didn't have Ty Lawson at the time, so they, he, he could just do whatever he wanted again. And then you go into the NBA Finals. And again, I'm not going to knock – I'm not trying to knock this team. I'm just trying to bring some realism to their situation and how they got there last year. They then go to the NBA Finals. Kevin Love is out for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then after game one, Kyrie Irving was gone. And you're talking about a team now that really – I mean, they, they, they just had all the breaks. They had all of the breaks, and when you get all the breaks, it makes you look better than you really are. And, and what, what bothered me this last offseason is the fact that, yes, they're defending NBA champions. They had one of the better seasons all time in NBA history. The, the, the situation that bothers me is that there are people comparing this team to the all-time greats in the Chicago Bulls in the mid-'90s, talking about the, the Sonics in the mid-'90s, talking about you know, the Spurs of the early 2000s, the, the Detroit Pistons of the early the 2000s, the Detroit Pistons of the late-'80s. Let's – Let's slow down when it comes to the greatness of this Golden State Warriors team. They literally just had everything come together, and they played a really, really good modern-day brand of basketball, outside shooting heavy, also just just fundamentally sound. But they weren't the Boston Celtics of the 80s. They weren't the Pistons of the 80s. They're not the Bulls of the 90s. This team is based upon outside shooting. If the ball clearly, and this is just way too simple to say, but it's the it's just the it's the truth of the beast. If this team didn't make their shots last year from the outside, you're talking about a team that wins 55 games and finishes in the middle of the pack in the Western Conference. That's just the the nature of the beast. They had a lot of things go their way last year, and it ended up as an NBA title. But can they do it again? That's the only question I have. They really had the perfect season last year. And that's awesome. It's been 40 years since they won the NBA title, and I am so happy for them, really. That's amazing. Since 1975, it's the first time they, made, they won an NBA title. That's incredible. But the real factor is, is if you start picking away at their season, they got a lot of breaks. And they took advantage of them, and that's what good teams do. And they're a good team, clearly. But they took advantage of them, and they won the title because of it. What is your take on this team, Andrew? Uh, first of all, I just want to start off topic. But I just got over Twitter that we got the whole Grinders Pizza crew listening to the show. Just want to give you guys a shout out. Feel free yeah. to call in. Um, but the Golden State Warriors are a team that last year came out and obviously dominated everybody. Um, you know, the point differential was over 10 points a game, uh, which I believe every team in history who has done that has ended up winning the championship. I think it's either every team or there's one that has it. Um, you got Steph Curry winning the MVP. You got you got Clay Thompson playing really good. You know you got uh, your Finals MVP. You have a Finals MVP who was off the bench the whole year. That just shows the team really has. Uh, now now for this coming year, it's a little bit interesting. Uh, you know I I think it's silly for people to worry about Steph Curry's ankles. That hasn't happened in what three years now. Um, it, but I don't think I don't think it's ridiculous or anything to think, well, a six foot, hundred and eighty pound and that soaking wet point guard might not be able to win the M V P two years in a row. Um you know, people people don't realize what it takes for a body to hold up for that long of a season, especially when you're going up against guys who are at minimum normally six six feet tall. 200 pounds. Obviously, they're smaller guys, but but that's that's about the average height of a point, or not even that's a small point guard. 
And then, you know, when he's, he's not just an outside shooter. He does drive the rack. He does go and deal with the Giants. Um, and I, I, I personally don't believe he'll, he'll have another MVP season. Uh, he'll be great. You know, obviously he'll start an all-star game. He'll shoot almost 40%, if not over 40% from three. He'll get close to 50% from the field, close to 90% from free throws. But, you know, it, it's almost impossible for a team to be that lucky as far as injuries two years in a row, not only for their team's health, but the teams they were playing health. Um, I still think they're a top one or two seed in the West, uh, but I, I think this year they might be a better regular season team than they are a playoff team. Uh, they're not going to go out and win almost 70 games. Uh, you know, they were expected to be good last year, but they still kind of snuck up on people with how good they were. Uh, now, they're they're the number one target. Coming into last year, it was probably the Cavaliers. Uh, you know, that's who everybody wanted to play. Now, the Golden State Warriors are the number one target in the whole NBA. Um, this is a team I could see winning anywhere from 55 to 60 games. If they get over 60 wins, I will. I'll actually. I'll be uh, surprised. I, a lot of people think I'm crazy for saying that. Why are they going to get worse? It's as simple as luck runs out. Um, and um, they they weren't a team based on luck last year. For the most part, they were they were excellent. They were great. Uh, they lost one game at home. It's just unreal to even think about their season last year. But those those type of magical seasons never happen twice in a row. You can still be good. You can still be great. But as far as being an all-time great team goes again, mm, I don't think so. Yeah, it comes to, and you brought up a fantastic point that I think a lot of people are missing. I'm a Spurs fan, and we're going to talk about the Southwest Division next, tomorrow. But I'm a Spurs fan, and watching my Spurs since I've been young, you know, with the Manu Ginobili, uh, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker trio, the one thing that people need to understand about winning back-to-back titles, and obviously Kobe and Shaq know how to do that, and Kobe's done it twice in his career. I mean, he's done a three-peat, and then he's done a back-to-back from 2009 and 2010. The one thing people need to understand about the, I guess, the heart of a champion, I mean, kind of quoting Rudy Tomadonovich, back-to-back titles for the Houston Rockets. Again, winning back-to-back titles, it takes that extra aura of something in you to do it. And reason why I say that, and it's not to knock the Golden State Warriors, but this is a question they just simply haven't answered, and they can't answer until this season concludes and even begins. Can they go with a target on their back? This team, like you said, came out of nowhere. New coach, um, unexpected to do what they did. And now, like you said, coming into this year, they're the target. Everyone wants to play their best basketball when they play the best team in the NBA. This was, everyone knows, and coming into this year, those may be the average fan, this was the best team in the NBA by far last season, and no one can debate that. I mean, 67 wins in a title, and the MVP. You don't, you, there's not, it doesn't get much better than that, and everyone wants to have a piece of them now. On top of the fact that the Western Conference has just gotten better. I mean, some teams in this conference have just clearly have just improved talent-wise, fundamentally, you name it. It, It's And that's crazy to say, considering the Western Conference is already dominant, but it's already gotten better. And there's there's one team in their division, and we'll get to them shortly, that is clearly out to just, I'm, I'm telling you, this team is out, it's title or nothing. The team, and if you know who I'm talking about, I mean, we'll talk about them later. But 
they are on hunt to do exactly what Golden State did this year, and they have the pieces to do so. It's, it really just comes down to can they contend for a championship this year again? And if they get injured, who's going to compensate? What if Steph Curry's ankles go out again? What if Clay Thompson doesn't have a good shooting year? He's, he's been known to struggle from the field. This year, he, last year, he did well. This year, if he struggles from the field, who's going to compensate for that? They really do have an older bench. Andre Iguodala is not a young pup anymore. He can't compete in dunk contests. Maurice Spates is up there in age. Leandro Barbosa, as I said, is not the Brazilian flash anymore. He's still quick, but he's not as quick as he used to be. Sean Livingston, clearly kind of getting up there. He's young, but he can get up. He's getting up there. Festus is a little young. but And Jason Thompson's obviously young, but this team is not really the young team anymore. Steph Curry's young. Clay Thompson's young. Those guys are young. And Draymond Green, obviously, but, I mean, Andrew Bogut's been in the league for a while. Harrison Barnes is in his, I think, fourth or fifth year. I mean, you're talking about a team that's a veteran team and a very good team, but the bench is getting older, and if someone gets hurt on that squad, like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green even, uh, who do you have to go to? You have an older squad, and that's going to that's gonna hamper a team like this if they f- find themselves in any injury situations. Again, this team can do it again. They can. They can win the title again. But again, last year, just recognize last year was really a mirage. I mean, in Golden State, in the Bay Area, you guys had an unbelievable experience winning a title. Just recognize how they're going to recognize just how difficult that was this season. If they can repeat, that will put them on the basis of, look, they will be – if they can do – no, I'm not going to say if they win 67 games again and win the title again that that that's a fluke because if you do it back-to-back years, that's incredible. I just don't think they're going to win 67 again. I agree with you. I think they're going to be a mid-50s, maybe a 58-win team this year, um, just based on if they just play kind of – if they just don't play like they did last year, which was, you know, they played like they were on the moon last year. If they play like they're on earth, they're going to play like a 58-55 win team. They're going to do well. They're going to go to the postseason. They're going to contend for a title again because they, they can prove it. But if a lot of teams do what the Golden State Warriors did last year and step up and play well – and just play fundamental basketball and have one guy play out of his mind, they're all going to do this. And that's not to knock Golden State. They're back-to-back. They're, they're defending NBA champions. They can do it again. And, again, they won 67, 67 games last year without a significant injury. The NBA was riddled with injuries last season. I mean, everyone. You name a star player outside of the Golden State Warriors, they were hurt at some point in the year. I mean, maybe outside of James Harden. Everyone was hurt. And that – could be the case for them this year. And I'm not trying to say it here and say that they're going to have an injury, but like you said, it wears on you. It can get on you. And with the pressure they have, the amount of people who's going to be at their backs, this team might have a bigger target on their back than they think. Okay, we're going to go to a break here in a moment. But first, we got a sponsor from Tick.com, TickIQ.com. Tired of spending a fortune on tickets and feeling like you get ripped off? Well, we have you covered over here at TickIQ.com. That's Tick. IQ for all your ticketing needs. Tick IQ, T I Q, IQ is the leading ticket aggregator providing fans a one stop shop to browse the best deals from all ticket sites. So you don't have to worry about finding the best seats for the game or concert. Get your tickets for the Patriots or any other team for that matter all season long. Tick IQ, T I Q, IQ.com, where you will find the best prices in the market. Use promo code CLNS, that's CLNS capitalized, C L percent off IQ certified or TNT tickets, listings at TIQ.com. That's T-I-Q-I-Q. 
Sports.com. We'll be right back in just a moment. But first, let's get back to L.A., shall we? We're going to talk about L.A. here in a moment. Absolutely. Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating but scared to kick reality. Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? I'm expressing with my full capability. Now I'm living in correctional facilities. Cause some don't agree with how I do this. I get straight and meditate like a Buddhist. I'm dropping flavor, my behavior is hereditary. But my technique is very necessary. Blame it on IQ. Because he said it gets funky when you got a subject and a predicate. Add it on a dope beat and it'll make you think. Some suckers just tickle me pink to my stomach. Cause they don't flow like this one. You know what? I won't hesitate to this one or two before I'm through. So don't try to sing this. Some drop science. Well, I'm dropping English. Even if yellow makes it a cappella. I still express, yo, I don't smoke weed or sex. Cause it's known to give a brother brain damage. And brain damage on the mic don't manage nothing. But making a sucker in you equal. Don't be another sequel.
Hoopers Log. You're listening live here. If you're listening live, you're listening to the podcast through the CLNS radio app. We're going to talk about, yes, we're going to talk about California. Absolutely. We're going to talk about the L.A. area. You know who it is. I mean, L.A. Clippers, again, you're listening to the, you're listening to the Hoopers Log here live on blogtalkradio.com. Again, sponsored by Tick, Tick IQ. Uh, tickets where you can get really good tickets uh, through their site. Again, go to TickIQ.com. That's T-I-Q-I-Q.com, and you can go there and get some good tickets. Um, we just talked about it in the previous segment um, about the L.A. Clippers, and that's who I meant by the team that is out to really win it all. I mean, it, this team reminds me, and I don't want to use a, I don't want to use an analogy, but I'm going to do it, and it's going to be CLNS Boston-related. This team reminds me, and, and it's not – I know they didn't win the championship last year, but they were set out to do it. And if you watch this team late in the, in the regular season last year from about March till early April, definitely all through April, and after they beat the Spurs, it was really evident. This team is, is championship robust this season. They remind me a lot of the New England Patriots coming into this season. And from the perspective of DeAndre Jordan, from a, from a league-wide perspective, has – a giant target on his back from the perspective of, look, this guy was, was, I mean, for three days, was pretty much just automatically going to go to the Dallas Mavericks. We all, I mean, even I. I think everyone who was an NBA expert saw this move happening and thought DeAndre was gone and the Clippers would have a giant hole at the center position. It just would have been the case. They would have not been where they are. And then about three or four or five, maybe even a week later, DeAndre Jordan has this in-home thing with the L.A. Clippers, and he re-signs with them for a solid long-term deal. And that just made them really kind of the enemy of the Western Conference from the standpoint of, look, no one likes us from the standpoint of they've been the Clippers. They, just naturally, they are the Clippers. They have been the redheaded stepchild of the NBA and maybe even all sports for the last 30 years because they've just been so bad. They have historically bad teams, and they've never found a way to get past the first round or do anything or even get past the second round for that matter. They have never found a way to get past. And after last year, losing the Western Conference second round after being up three games to one, and now with the DeAndre Jordan drama on their side, CP3 coming back healthy. He's still kind of ailing coming back. He's older, so it's going to take him a while to heal, but he's coming back. Blake Griffin is still one of the top two, top three power forwards in the NBA, and he's only improving with time. His athleticism is kind of decreasing, but his fundamentals are going up every year. They now have Wes Johnson. They have the closer in Paul Pierce, who I think is really only going to play about 30 games this year, maybe have spot time in the regular season. But when he plays, he's going to give you that just that clutch gene that this team was missing last season. J.J. Reddick coming in again, starting at the shooting guard position, a fringe, and I'm talking fringe, like so close it's stupid, to an all-star spot. This guy is that close to becoming a, 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 an all-star on the, on the L.A. Clippers. And again, DeAndre Jordan has a target on his back. We'll see it within the first week of the year when he goes back and he plays the Dallas Mavericks, and we're going to see kind of what this team is made of. I mean, what I saw last year, I watched this team play the Boston Celtics last year, and I did a post-game show. And the one thing I said after I watched that game, and granted, they played the Boston Celtics, who just don't t match up talent-wise with the LA Clippers. This team is, when they, when they put their heads together and just want to come out and dominate, there's no one that can beat them. And I mean nobody. They, they have the team that's surrounded that they can dominate. I mean, just look at this bench. I know Jamal Crawford's going through some serious, you know, 
when it comes to his contract, when it comes to his free agent status coming up in 2016, the, the conversations are getting so real to the point where it's like, crap, he might actually be gone this year. But they're going to get something good for him if they trade him. Then you have Josh Smith, who came from Houston and Detroit, that mess. He's a talent that can come off the bench and provide you with energy, especially when the team's winning, because unfortunately when a team is doing good, he shows up. But when they're doing bad, a lot of the Detroit Pistons, he decides not to show up. It's sad, but this team is good, and he's going to show up because they're good. Lance Stevenson, another guy where it's just not been working out anywhere away from Indiana. Basically, ever since he blew in LeBron's ear a couple years ago, he's pretty much done nothing in the NBA. But the guy is a fantastic option off the bench. He has no pressure to start this year. When he was in Indiana, that's exactly what he did, and that's exactly how he shined. If he does that in L.A. with a solid coach in Doc Rivers and they implement him the right way, he is a scary threat off the bench. Austin Rivers is another guy, again, obviously the coach's son, Doc Rivers, and he can come in and provide some solid minutes off the bench, and he showed that in the, in the NBA playoffs last year, especially against the Houston Rockets early in that series. He provided some serious punch for that team when they needed him, and if he can do that coming into this season, look out. Cole Aldrich coming off the bench, obviously a guy who can provide you with some rebounding, can get you something off the bench when it comes to maybe a couple of points here and there. He can do something. He's nothing great. He's just a rebounder. Pablo Prigioni. Another guy. <laughs> this guy might start on some teams in the NBA, but he's a third option. I mean, he's the third option on this team, and he can provide you with a solid ground game. Again, a free agent next year might have something to prove, and he might need to if he wants to go to another team. Chuck Hayes, another, again, another free agent coming into next year, can play the center position, can play athletically. And then C.J. Wilcox and Brandon Dawson. You're talking about a team that I'm telling you um, – I'm telling you, man, this is championship or bust. If they don't get at least to the NBA finals, this team will be looked at as a failure, just naturally. They have all the talent. DeAndre Jordan is one of the best defensive players in the NBA. I mean, he's again, we talked about this when we talked about the Detroit Pistons. Him and Andre Drummond are the same player. I think Andre Drummond's a little better from a fundamental and overall perspective, but DeAndre Jordan from the defensive side – is is 1A. I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the best, if not the best, center, and you can make the case between him and Andre Drummond, they're about the same. Blake Griffin, three years ago, two years ago, was top three, top four in the NBA final, or excuse me, NBA MVP conversation. CP3 is still fantastic if healthy. And you, you, and you have a bench with three guys that can come off the bench and provide instant offense in Jamal Crawford, Josh Smith, and Lance Stevenson. This is a team that can win a title if everything comes together. Do you think they can do that, Andrew? Do you think that's the case with this team coming into this year? That's that's the only option for this team. Um, as far as far as talent goes, they have just as much as any team in the league. I actually, uh, as far as my top three favorite candidates for MVP, Blake Griffin's definitely in there. Um, they have, in my opinion, the second best point guard in the NBA. And Warriors fans, don't shoot me, but it's behind Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, but it's a team that just has never been able to put it together in the playoffs. We've seen them go on 15-game winning streaks, 16-game winning streaks. We've seen them, you know, blow out good teams. We've seen them win playoff series, but we have not been able to see them take the level or take the step to the next level of a champion or even a conference champion or even a getting mm-hmm. in the conference championship. Um now this this is the year. This is this might be you know one of their last years. Blake Griffin's young, DeAndre Jordan's not old, but Chris Paul and his non cartilage knees are getting up there. Uh, he he's yeah. on the verge of starting to regress, 
and I know I just said he's the second best point guard in the NBA, in my opinion, but I think this is this is the year where he gets surpassed and maybe falls towards the bottom end of the top five. Uh, you need Blake Griffin to be a top three MVP candidate if you want the number one seed in the West. You need Blake Griffin to play just like an MVP in the playoffs if you want to get to the finals. I mean, they're in the West. they got to deal with the Spurs. they got to deal with the Warriors. they got to deal with about 15 out of 15 teams. You know, it's it, you don't get a break in the West. Um, now they got uh, they got they got uh, DeAndre Jordan there, who's the least fundamentally sound player I've probably ever seen in my life. Um, and when he was going to go to the Mavericks, he planned on being a number one option. He wanted the responsibility of a number one option. Now I think the mo- one of the more interesting storylines this year will be to see how he's progressed. And if he was a number one option, how would he have been able to handle it? Will he have a post? Will he hit, I don't know, 50% of his free throws? Can he carry this team in some games if maybe Chris Paul misses a game or Blake Griffin's having a down game, which he's been known to do? It's mm-hmm. it's a team that has the potential to win 70 games. I, I'm not exaggerating. They have potential to win 70 games in an NBA season if they were healthy. Yeah. Will they? No. But but at this team's top top notch play, if they had a season like the Warriors did last year, this team could go out and win seventy games. Uh, they're they're forced to be reckoned with. They have one of the best, if not the well, probably the second best head coach in the whole league in Doc Rivers. Um, now the bench, he's not the best uh, president of basketball operations. I'll say that much. Uh, he really likes to sign the old washed up players and hope they can give him a spark. Uh, that that bench is not too impressive. Uh, and that's that's been a big part of their downfall. But you need your leaders to step up and say, I don't care what happens. I don't care if our bench comes in and goes 0 for 15 from the field. We're winning this game or we're winning this series, and they have to move on to that next step. If not, uh, you know, I'd say after this year, if if they don't make it to the Western Conference Finals, it's time to clean house. It's time to restart. And you hate to do that with a team that's so good. But eventually, you got to say, will they ever reach the next level? Will they? Will they ever become champions? Will Chris Paul ever make a Western Conference Finals? It's it's sad to see when they get eliminated because you know how close they are, and you know how good they can be. Any team in this league, that team can beat in the seven game series. There's not one team where you look at them and you go, well, they don't have a chance against them, or any team in this league. The Clippers might be favored against in a seven-game series. You know, there's a few. The Warriors probably not. The Cavs probably not. But but it's going to be close either way. You know, this is a team, like, like I've said a hundred times since I started talking, all the potential in the world, all the talent in the world, and they just they have to hit that next level or it's an or-else situation. Here's the thing I want to bring up, and you brought up another good point, and kind of the point that I've been hovering about with this team. This team, again, hovering, bringing up the word hovering. I, I again, I'm a Spurs fan. Watching this team and watch what they watching what they did in that first round last year. That was quite honestly one of the best first round series I've ever seen between the Clippers and Spurs. And a year ago, I picked both those teams to finish in the Western Conference Finals for a reason, and I had the Spurs winning in seven. The Clippers showed me a lot in that game seven with especially an injured CP3 hobbling up and down the court that second half of the game. It was one of the more legendary games I can ever remember. The crowd going crazy at Staples Center. 
uh, from basket to basket for a solid 10 minutes, the final 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. That was one of those games that you can sit back and say, that was one of the greatest basketball games I've ever seen. And the Clippers came out as the team that really was the better team. And as a Spurs fan, that is really weird to say. But they were the better team in that game. And it wasn't just from the standpoint of talent. It was the standpoint of stepping up and playing that role of the better team and of the favorite and of the team that should be doing this. They played very well against a very well-coached team. And that, I think, was the step. And I think that ultimately, and they got really on an emotional high when they got to the second round, and they clearly took an advantage uh, of the Houston Rockets. And then all of a sudden, they just they just dissipated and got really worn out. And obviously, as you can tell, when losing three straight games to the Houston Rockets, and that's no knock against the Rockets. They're a very good team. But they, when you lose three straight games like that, it almost makes you wonder, maybe they took that step and they just they overlaunched themselves for a second. And I think what's going to happen now, and this is what a lot of good teams do, and I think this is, I can guarantee you this is what they've done. In their locker room or their, their workout session area, they have had those, those games from the, the second round of the Western Conference when they played the Rockets. They have had those games on repeat all offseason. And I can, I, I, what, I, what I envision is Blake Griffin doing some workouts, looking up at the TV, and seeing his team choking on a daily basis as the motivation to get better for this season. If you don't think this team is going to come out and absolutely just want to light the world on fire, especially with DeAndre Jordan getting this, as you just mentioned, not being talked about as a number one option. I don't think he's that, that fundamental either. I just think he's more of an athletic presence that is a fantastic defensive option. Offensively, he's kind of just a sidekick. Chris Paul is the, is the Batman when, when Blake Griffin went out for those six weeks in the mid part of the regular season. DeAndre Jordan picked up his game. He just did it because he had to and because he needed to. But that's a big thing. And if he can play like that on a regular basis, that's where the team takes the big step. On top of the fact, they just picked up Josh Smith, Lance Stevenson, Paul Pierce, guys who want to get this team over the hump and get into that next level. Chris Paul, again, like you said, has not made the Western Conference Finals ever. Do you think this point in his career, this is all he cares about, I think. This is all he cares about because he's fed up with the fact that he is one of the better point guards to never see in NBA Finals. This team has so many things that are, that are just pushing them, unlike a year ago or a couple of years ago, that now it's like, look, and on top of the fact that there's pressure to win it all, this is a team, and guys, there's certain guys on here that are free agents. You know, Jamal Crawford has something to prove. Josh Smith has something to prove. Pablo Prigioni has something to prove. There's guys that are free agents coming up where – if they manage everything right and they come out and just play their grand of basketball, like you said, 70 wins is, is possible. This team could win up to 70, and they could come into the NBA playoffs and just dominate. And that's saying something considering they play in the Western Conference. Well, like you said, there are no breaks unless you get lucky like the Golden State Warriors a year ago where they ran into an injured uh, Memphis Grizzlies team, where they ran into a very young New Orleans Pelicans team, where they ran into – you know, a Houston Rockets team that was exhausted and then an injured uh, Cleveland Cavalier team in the finals. They, they, got, they really did. They got lucky from that perspective. They took advantage, but they got lucky. The Clippers, they ran into the, the very worst team you can play in the first round. You, you play the Spurs in the first round, I don't care if you're, you're the favorites. I don't care if you're, if you're the home team. I don't care who you are. You're playing the defending NBA five-time champion Tim Duncan San Antonio Spurs and you're the Clippers, and you make that step, that is a 
huge step by itself, and that will give them – when they're in a good zone, they're going to keep looking at that Houston series. When they're in a bad zone, they're going to keep – you know, when they're, like, not playing well, they're going to look at that Spurs series and be like, look what we did well here. Look what we did well here. Look at how we clicked. Look at how we played well. That's what they're going to see, and that's what they're going to pull out from, from themselves this year. I honestly think this is the team to beat in the Western Conference, again, if all goes well. Because they're that they're that ridiculously talented. Um, again, the DeAndre Jordan decision that's up in the air when it comes to the whole you know how the West will view them. I mean, Paul Pierce is old again. Do you think Paul Pierce will be able to even help this team this year? Considering, I mean, he's going to be on a limited basis. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they're smart or dumb. If they're smart, like you said, he'll play thirty to forty games. He'll put in ten to fifteen minutes during those games to keep him going throughout the season. Uh, and then when it comes to playoff time. You know, down the stretch, they might play him in four, five games in nine days or something like that to really get him going. And then come playoff time, you play him every game for 20 minutes a game because he's, you know, he's a president. He's a guy who's going to do the right thing, especially in the playoffs. He's going to make the big shots, especially in the playoffs. Uh, if, if they're smart with Paul Pierce, he's going to contribute uh, small, small contributions in the regular season and he is going to do similar to what he did last year in Washington in the postseason. Now, the question is, will the Clippers – I don't think it's as much on the Clippers. I think it's more on Paul Pierce's pride. Uh, A lot of these guys are Mm. not going to be okay with uh, playing 40 games, especially because we saw in the playoffs, Paul Pierce can still play basketball at a decently high level. It's going to be something to see. you, you hope Doc Rivers can can handle that, um, but like you, you just won't know until you see the, probably the first month of the season. You'll have a good read on if Paul Pierce is still the same player or close to the same player he was last year. Obviously, he's not prime Paul Pierce, or and also if no. they are going to make smart decisions with him. Look, I think I think you make a good point with his pride. I, I honestly think that that went out the window after he left Boston. The moment he went to the Nets, especially after the first year on the Nets and then when he went to the Wizards, especially last year, there were multiple times where I watched him when he was on the bench uh, not playing in suit, you know, just John with the other players and having fun with the uh, with the opponents and all that. I, I think the guy – I think the guy is going to be, you know, really – I mean – he grew up in Inglewood, California. He's coming back home. He played his whole career with, with pretty much Doc Rivers. You know, I mean, he won a championship with Doc Rivers. This is really his last – he is literally on his last leg, and everyone knows that. He, I think he's more here to just contribute. And like you said, when he plays, he's going to play like the Paul Pierce we know. But I think he knows that his role is limited, and I understand what you're saying about his contract, people thinking, oh, 40 games is not acceptable – but at the same time, this guy is a Hall of Famer. This guy is a legend. This guy is one of the better players of all time, just from the standpoint of he is a very clutch player. And when you put him into discussion with great players, people understand that he's he's done. When it comes to his overall, he, he's, he's nearly done. And But he's going to be here really to just contribute, but at the same time come in and play a Mariano Rivera role. He is the Mariano Rivera of basketball. He can come in and play you 10 minutes in the fourth quarter and just shut down a ball game. He's shown it. I've yep. seen it. I've watched it. The guy can do that. And I think he knows that role, and I think the team will embrace that. And I think Doc Rivers and him will get together, and I think it's going to be all good. But I agree with you from the standpoint of it might rub some guys the wrong way knowing that he's coming in just to do that. 
Um, another question I had before we move on to the Lakers, which I'm sure everyone's excited to talk about, um, uh, the, Jamal Crawford, will he be traded this off? Will he be traded this season, or will it be more of a holding on to him and seeing what happens? They can't afford to trade him. Uh, like I said, they've kind of gone the route of let's get washed up players and see if they can come off the bench and do something, and it just hasn't worked out. Now that bench without that bad bench without Jamal Crawford is a terrible, t- probably the worst bench in the league. Uh, you know they're getting up there with the Seventy Sixers bench. Uh, except it's opposite. It's not players with potential. It's players who it's players who have been washed up. I mean, Austin right. Rivers might be their seventh man. Just just think about that, Austin Rivers. Yeah. Uh, and he's not on most rosters in the NBA. You know, he had a couple good games in the playoffs, but that's it, not Austin Rivers. We've seen Austin Rivers for three years now. Right? He's not he's not a special player. He's not a good player. He's not a decent player. He's a bad basketball player. Would I love to see him do good? Sure, but but he's just not going to be a, a very good NBA player, even off the bench. They can't afford to trade Jamal Crawford. They'll get something figured out. And, uh, you know, he'll he'll play at least one more year on this Clippers team to sit before they either win something or decide, all right, it's time to rebuild. You know, and one more thing again before we go to the Lakers, um, and, and this is what's scary, and you bring up a point about their bench. I honestly think Doc Rivers is going to get the most out of these guys off the bench, so that's why I think it's not much of an issue. But think about this, and, and this is CLNS Radio. Again, you're listening, and the phone number, if you'd like to call in and talk about the Lakers or Clippers, is 323-642-1558. Again, I promise we're going to talk about the Lakers in just a second. But in Doc Rivers' third year as a Boston Celtics head coach, he won the NBA title. This is his third year in the L.A. Clippers organization. I'm just saying, he's put his footprint on this team. Last year, they finally made the steps. It's up to the guys. And then back then, they had a Ray Allen who hadn't won a championship. They had a Kevin Garnett who hadn't won a championship. They had a Rajon Rondo who was a rookie. You know, they had a guy in Paul Pierce who hadn't been proven in the postseason yet because he clearly just hadn't had enough opportunities. But they made that leap, and this team is making that leap. And you saw it last year. Yes, they choked in the second round. But if you look at everything before that, you give them the solid two months from the beginning of March till the beginning of May, this team was the best team in the NBA. I, wouldn't, I, would, I would challenge anyone who's thought otherwise because this team was so dominant from every angle of the court bench on the starting lineup. They were so good. And then obviously they just fell off when they played Houston. But if they can contain that two-month stretch like they did last year for a majority of the season next year, like we've said, 70 wins is a potential. Western Conference Finals is the minimum, and this team could easily contend for an NBA title. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers, the La La Land, the, the second-best team, the second-best marketed team in the NBA where everyone and their mom talks about the Lakers, even if they don't know sports. This team is a joke. I'm just going to be just honest. It, it, come on. If you're going to come in, Kobe Bryant is is nearing the end of his career. His health was a just factor last year and the year before. They picked up D'Angelo Russell, who uh, I think everyone was shocked from the standpoint of they had Jalil Okafor on the board and they took a guy in you know in in Ohio State who was fantastic in college, but that's college. And D'Angelo Russell is a guy who did not perform well in the spring league. He's he's athletic. He's a good player, but, I mean, so are a lot of other players in the NBA. Julius Randle, can he come in and play healthy this year? The only real bright spot I see on this team outside of Lou Williams off the bench 
is Jordan Clarkson. This guy is, is a legitimate guy who can take the next step over the next couple of years, and he has the highest ceiling, in my opinion. Julius Randle has a high ceiling as well, but Jordan Clarkson proved last year that he can come in and play in the NBA at a very high clip. He might even take the Jimmy Butler route and make a big step this year. Maybe it won't help the team, but from a statistical and, uh, and a game perspective, you know, fundamental perspective, Jordan Clarkson has really taken the next step as a really solid shooting guard in the NBA. He's not an all-star, but he's a guy who's going to improve year in and year out and potentially be one of those guys who could be discussed as one of the better shooting guards in the NBA at some point in his career. They got Roy Hibbert at the, at the center position. You should know my opinion on that. It's a joke. Uh, the guy is going to do, do nothing again. I don't know why they picked him up. I don't know why they think they can get anything out of him. Their bench is not bad. It's not impressive, but it's not bad. Lou Williams, again, sixth man of the year last year, not a bad pickup. Brandon Bass from the Celtics last year, not a bad pickup. Nick Young, I mean, he's married to he's married to that woman. I don't even know her name. I don't, I don't really care, uh, but he's married to her. Uh, Metal World Peace. Metal World Peace is coming. Yeah, you're telling me. Uh, I just turned 25 on Friday, by the way. I'm not old, but I get what you're saying. Uh, Metal World Peace is uh, is coming back again. He's not there. He played overseas for a reason. He's not there. Robert Sacre, eh, I mean, you keep going down the line. You got Tarek Black, Ryan Kelly, Larry Nance Jr., Jabari Brown. It's really a lot of false. And this is where the this is where the people who are projecting this team to be a postseason team, which is just laughable. This is a lot of false false uh what do you call it uh potential a lot of false potential ryan kelly did not do what people thought he was going to do last year larry nance jr the only thing relative about him is the fact that he made a comment about kobe bryant and his rape case i mean and jabari brown you got you got a lot of things on this team that are just up in the air they're in serious rebuilding mode and refacing everything and the only thing that's holding them back really is kobe bryant once Kobe Bryant retires, I honestly think they'll be in a better situation than they are right now because there's so many people love Kobe so much, and deservedly so. But the guy is not going to help this team do anything much this season. Byron Scott's in his second year as the head coach. I mean, what do you think of this team, Andrew, as we head into <laughs> talking about the Lakers? Well, well, first of all, I don't know how much you've been on Twitter lately, but <laughs> – from what I've read from these from these Lakers fans, they have Chris Paul at the point guard, uh, 28-year-old Kobe at the two guard. Um, they have Carl Malone at the power forward, and they have uh, Roy Hibbert when he played LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals at center. Um, now, and I, I'm pretty sure, aren't you not allowed to talk bad about the Lakers? Isn't that NBA taboo? Um, but from the yeah. most part... Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I, I want to get started on probably one of my least favorite players in the NBA, uh, seven foot nothing Roy Hibbert. Uh, he gonna, he's going to get you less rebounds than feet. He is tall. He's going to get yeah. you less points than feet. He is tall, and he's going to get you about two blocks. And then people are going to want to throw him in the All Star game because he's an LA Laker. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I like a lot. I didn't coming out of college. I've watched him, you know, in the preseason quite a bit. I watched him in the summer league quite a bit. And he's just kind of got that feel to him of a good player. You just watch him play and he's smooth. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a learning curve, but he's smooth. He, he seems like he gets it. Um, like you said, Jordan Clarkson, I love that guy. Uh, Lakers fans think yeah. he's going to be, you know, like an MVP type player. Let's calm down on that. He's going to be a solid shooting guy. And I, I don't want to come in here and kill Lakers fans. Um, except for the fact I do because they're ridiculous most of the time. But 
<laughs> Jordan Clarkson is is a very good player, going to get a lot better. Like you said, he's going to take big yeah. jumps year in, year out. But he's never he, he might yeah. be a fringe all star a couple years in his career. He's never going to be a consistent all star. He's never going to you know take you and win you playoff series. Um, Lou Williams, he, he's a chucker. Uh, it, it, he's him and Nick Young both coming in the game at the same time is going to be very interesting. Um, because nobody else is going to touch the ball. Uh, we saw Lillian, <laughs> like, what, 43% last year, and same with Nick Young. They're both right around that mark. Um, Kobe, I, God, I hope he stays healthy. But, God, I also hope this is his last year. Not because I don't want him in the NBA. He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He's definitely a top ten player, maybe even top five. But, it's you know, eventually you reach that time. Uh, he's been hurt two years in a row now. If a third year happens, you know, you Kobe's pride is probably going to tell him, well, you can't go out like that, and then he'll come back and get hurt another year. But you just hope that this team doesn't, or that Kobe doesn't doesn't go down like that. You hope he can come in, he can average 20 points, he can get you a few assists, a few rebounds, and he can get this team winning a little bit. He can install a culture in these young guys before he can leave. That's the hope. That's, that's how an, an all-time great should go out, especially in the L.A. Lakers franchise which as much as I've been bashing them and their fans, one of the, if not the greatest franchise in the history of sports, uh, probably behind and the Yankees. I mean, it's it's really that simple. They're, they're, the, the talent this team has is, is special. Now, do I think getting close to a playoff game is good for them? Um, you know, I'm not sure on their, their draft pick situation this year. Do you know what their draft pick situation is? You know what? I haven't actually even looked at their their draft pick situation, um, so well, I wouldn't know much about that. I want to say a different team has their pick. Uh, I think maybe the the Sixers do. From back in the, yeah. it's honestly from back in the Dwight Howard trade. Um, Jeez, top okay. five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was top five protected last year, and now it's either top three protected or the Sixers have their pick, something like that. And uh, you know they. They just need to keep adding talent. Don't think Julius Randle is going to be the best thing to ever walk this planet. Uh, you know, a lot, I see a lot of people going crazy when he goes behind the back, but that, that's a play. That's not that's not something he's going to be doing all the time. You know, he might have skill, he might have talent, he might be a fringe all star one day, but he's not, I don't think he's going to. He's undersized. Reminds me a lot of Jason Maxey. Uh, and people yeah. can get offended by that all they want. As a Pistons fan, I I watched Jason Maxey. A lot in my life, and from what I've seen out of Julius Randle, he reminds me a lot of Jason Maxiel. He sure he's a little bit bigger than Jason Maxiel, who was six three without shoes on and played the power forward position, which is just absurd. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But but uh, you know it's a team that could win anywhere from twenty to thirty games. If they surpass thirty games, then Kobe came out. He averaged close to twenty five a game. It's that simple, and he stayed healthy. Uh, also, D'Angelo Russell won the Rookie of the Year. That's that's really how I think the season's going to go, anywhere from 20 to 30. Um, so it, it's a team that has a ton of room to grow, has a very bright future. But once they get that almost $30 million off the salary cap, especially with this, this salary cap rise that's coming the next three years, uh, they they are they might be in a better spot than any team in the NBA after this year. Well, that's very true. I agree with that sentiment as well. I mean, down the road they have the future and they have the the grounding pieces. It's just we know that over the next couple of years this team's going to look a lot different. It's going to look a lot different over time, 
And, uh, I mean, drastically, Kobe's going to be gone in the next couple of years. Roy Hibbert, I think we anticipate him being gone eventually. Jordan Clarkson might be the face of this franchise. Uh, in my opinion, it's one of those things where Jordan Clarkson might get a little frustrated with this team. I mean, he really is the real bright spot on this team. What People really didn't pay attention to him much. I mean, Laker fans know who he is, but outside of the national media, because the Lakers were left off national television the second half of the season, but Jordan Clarkson, this guy came in and became one of the better players in the NBA. I mean, he's not he's not an all-star, not at that level. But when it comes to improvement, this guy made a big, big leap last year. It wasn't giant to the point of Jimmy Butler, but this is the year where he could make the Jimmy Butler leap. He could, and he could become the guy that turns into a giant face of this franchise where Kobe is leaving, and that could be the case. Uh, again, the bench, a bunch of chuckers and, and, and Nick Young and Lou Williams coming in, and it's just – it's, there's so many questions. What will Kobe do? How will they win? You know, uh, why, why, why pick up Roy Hibbert? Just why? And then can Julius Randle stay healthy? And then why bring back Meta World Peace? I don't get it. Are they gonna Are they gonna have Lamar Odom become a become a you know a guy that can talk about the you know can can really support the team kind of thing? It's getting to a point where they're just bringing old guys back in, and that's no knock on Lamar Odom and his situation because we all want him to become better and get healthy, and obviously get back to normal state. And that's not to knock him. I'm just talking from the, the perspective of talking about this team and what they're trying to do and create a branding image again. Because once their owner left and passed away, this team has just become in shambles, just flat out in shambles. I mean, the D'Antoni situation, the fact that they now have all this, all these pieces moving and they bring back metal world piece. I don't get it. You know, it, I, I don't. I don't get it, and it, it just it kind of shakes, makes you shake your head, and what's going on behind the scenes, and it just you don't know what's going on. I, I see this team, I see them kind of doing the same thing, yet they won't grow till Kobe retires. Really, this team's not going to grow until Kobe leaves. Really, I mean, Kobe will implement his championship mentality on this team, but he's not going to. He's not going to. You know, I, I would. I guess I would say he's not going to really get them to the next level because he's not that kind of player anymore. Kobe is basically the Paul Pierce of this team right now. He can, he's going to, he, the problem is he's going to play more minutes than Paul Pierce because he has to. And he's just, he's a closer right now. That's all he is. If the team is close with five minutes to go, give it to him. He's going to get you buckets. He's going to probably win you games, but that's all he's going to be able to do when it comes to this portion of his career. He's nearing the end. He's almost done. And this team really is in the rebuilding process. Is there anything more you want to say about the Lakers? Um, I just, when you mentioned Mark D'Antonio, I had dark memories of when the report came out that uh, they chose him over Phil Jackson. And yeah. that's, that's all that's on my mind right now. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. un- unbelievable to think about. They can't recruit anymore. It's, it's, you know the league's changing. Uh, all the all professional sports leagues are changing as far as these teams, these huge marketed teams, this unreal amount of money don't have the advantage they used to have. So it'll be really interesting to see how this Laker team is built. All right, we're going to go to another break real quick. Again, you're listening to the Hoopers Log. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is three two three six four two one five five eight. A quick break. We'll be right back shortly. Started with a dial in a dream. Sort of like Jordan getting cut from the team. Sort of like Dre before he met Jimmy Iovine. I was lost out here. Real niggas know what I mean. I said I started with a dial in a dream. Sort of like Jordan when he won his first ring. Sort of like Dre with the headphone thing. You could be whatever you want, nigga. We all kings. I had a dream last night. 
I was rich Porter Then I had a dream I had a bitch like Kim Porter Then I had a dream I had bricks like Transporter Changed my life like Steph Curry in the fourth quarter What if you drove by a playground To witness Michael Jordan taking off for his first dunk Bet you wish you had your camcorder That's the type of shit I made up that's the type of shit I made up. 14 karat gold, Raekwon first album. Nothing but a G thing like when Dre met Calvin. That's the type of shit I made up. That's the type of shit I made up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, wherever Nas is in the world, he gon' fuck with this. What up, God? Queensbridge, just like Compton, dog. And Inglewood, niggas, just like Yonkers, y'all. Where them angels at? Sing it for me one more time While I pretend to sniff this line I used to wanna be easy Then I realized it wasn't that easy I used to wish that I was Tupac Then I realized that might get two shot Figured I'd just gon' be myself though Niggas hate me, documentary on they shelf though And it's Impala, old school like some shell toes Had a fake gold chain, but don't nobody else know That ain't the type of shit I made of That ain't the type of shit I made of Snitching on my homeboys Gossiping by old boy Keep buying them Ferraris Cause I grew up with no toys That ain't the type of shit I made of That ain't the type of shit I made of I'm just trying to get my weight up I'm just trying to get my weight up Hold on I'm just trying to get my weight up Big homies driving by Telling me to stay up How the fuck I'm supposed to stay up when this weed got me feeling like safe, bruh I just seen Mac Dre, bruh And the jacket, is we up in the bay, bruh Record my demo, something I wish that I could do again I with that old shit, pulled up in my newer bins I went from JT to bigger figure to Biggie We all made mistakes, look what happened to me in 50 Record my demo, something I wish that I could do again I with that old shit, pulled up in my newer bins I went from JT to bigger figure to Biggie We all make mistakes, look what happened to me in 50 All right, we're back here with the Hooper's Log And again, we're going to be breaking down the Pacific Division Again, if you'd like to call in, the phone number is eight, or excuse me, 323-642-1558 We have the Sacramento Kings preview for you here This one's a little bit more of just I mean, let's be honest. The Sacramento Kings are really – they are a team that has the talent to do something, but can they? And that's really the question. George Carl, again, coming into his second season, first full season as the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. And they're a team really that is set out to have uh, – they have a lot of talent. That's really what is is best the best way to describe them. They got Costa Kufas in the offseason. Again, kind of a questionable – Pick up, but a guy, if he comes off the bench, could be awesome. If Willie Cauley-Stein, who has drafted this offseason, comes in and plays well, he's seen to be a defensive presence automatically in the NBA. Now, when it comes to his ability to really do much, you know, when it comes to scoring or anything like that, I mean, that's another question. But defensively, Willie Cauley-Stein can come in and dominate now. 
DeMarcus Cousins, my opinion, one of the best big men in the NBA, if not the best big man in the NBA. And that's saying a lot considering Anthony Davis, in most people's minds, is the best big man in the NBA. But DeMarcus Cousins is right there behind him. The only question is, can he finally can he finally play the team brand of basketball? Guy is great. The guy is outstanding, but can he play the team brand? Rudy Gay, a guy where the ball kind of dies, but he's a fantastic talent. Ben McLemore, another guy who has an op- opportunity to step up again and become another solid player. He hasn't done it lately, but if he does it this year, he could be a guy that does something impressive. Rajon Rondo, he, again, depending upon what he does. And what's interesting is they have Darren Collison. I would think Darren Collison would be a better option at the point guard position. Keep an eye out for that. Considering if Rajon Rondo does not come in and play the way we expect him to play, Darren Collison will get way more minutes than we expected. Because last year, Darren Collison made a big step in the NBA and was one of the better point guards in the NBA, was not looked at based on the fact he played in Sacramento. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Darren Collison, in my opinion, is the better point guard, but Rajon Rondo has the more upside if he performs the way we know he can play. And again, that was a big question last year, considering his trade from the, the Celtics to the Dallas Mavericks and his, you know, his Randy Moss mentality of I'll play when I want to play. They picked up Marco Bellinelli from the San Antonio Spurs. That was a fantastic option. He might start some games this year if Ben McLemore doesn't play well. Omri Caspi signed a big contract. Karan Butler, James Anderson, Quincy, Quincy AC, Seth Curry. Not Steph, Seth Curry. And then they picked up David Stockton, uh, John Stockton's little boy. Uh, you're talking about lots and lots and lots of questions. I really look at this team as like a giant chemistry experiment. I mean, really, if they can gel and they can play well and they can find spots for each other, and if George Carl can hold a, get a hold of this team, you're talking about one of the more explosive, talented teams the NBA could see and make one of the bigger steps coming into this year. And they could, they're, they're going to be exciting no matter what. DeMarcus Cousins is an exciting player. Ben McLemore can fly up and down the court. Rajon Rondo, when he's on, he is very entertaining to watch. Rudy Gay can get you buckets. Willie Cauley-Stein's fun, as we saw at, at Kentucky. Darren Collison's fun to watch. The team's fun to watch. But just the issue is, is can they, can they really create something together and become a winning, winning program? Can they do that? Can they do that, Andrew? Uh, not this year. Uh, they just, just a mess of a situation there. You're already hearing reports of Rajon Rondo saying him and uh, George Carl's relationship hasn't been the best. Like you said, if George Carl is as good of a coach still as he was in the past, Darren Collison is the starting point guard on this team. Uh, you also yeah. said something along yeah. the lines of if Rajon Rondo comes in and doesn't play the way we expect, Darren Collison will go get more minutes. I think it's if Rajon Rondo comes in and plays the way we expect, Darren Collison will get more minutes. It's <laughs> not the player he was. He's not in the same league as the player he was. And I don't know if it's as much him or how much the game has changed. Uh, pure point guards in the NBA don't really exist anymore. Uh, he was he's the he's the last of a dying breed. Uh, you need to be able to jump out of the gym, option A or option B. You need to be able to shoot forty percent from three while taking five a game. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta know how to score. You gotta figure out ways, and you gotta do it while passing. I've seen Rajon Rondo go down and miss wide open layups. I've seen Rajon Rondo go 0 for 10 from from the field. I've played 2K with Rajon Rondo and gone 0 for 15 from the field. <laughs> and it's it's uh, yeah. And then when you mix that ego with an ego like Demarcus Cousins, which might be the biggest ego in the whole league, uh, yeah. it, it, it's impossible for any coach 
to do so, especially one coming in in his first year with a new team. Uh, obviously, he's not a first-year head coach. He's one of the better head coaches to ever be in the NBA. But he's it's impossible. And then you got a crazy owner who wants to play cherry-pick basketball, which I would personally love to see. I mean, they'd get clobbered because then you got a wide-open guy every possession of the way NBA players can shoot. You make adjustments yeah. to where your best three-point shooter is the wide-open guy. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't work at all, but I think it'd be a world of fun. I mean, you'd, you'd be seeing the ball get chucked down court. You'd see probably 15 turnovers just from throwing the ball all the way down court. It, it'd be a mess, yeah. but it'd be fun. Uh, it, it's just a, it's an organization that has talent, so you think they'd have a lot more hope than they do. But the amount of hope this team has is just—it's it, based off the fact: can Demarcus Cousins fix fix the attitude problem he's got, or can George Carl control the egos, and can Rajon Rondo really be a near All-Star player again, or is that completely over for him? I mean, the other the other thing too is, I mean, are there enough basketballs to go around? Like you said, Rudy Gay is a guy who really needs the basketball in his hand to be effective. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is a guy who needs the ball in his hand. To, Rajon Rondo, uh, Darren Collison, Ben McElmore, these guys need the ball in their hands to really be effective. And if they don't, then again, it's where that's where the coaching comes in and will the guys listen to the head coach? And that's, you know, that's ultimately the decision on what this team's going to look like this year. Will Ben McElmore take that next step? Could he be a Jimmy Butler type? Can the Kentucky connection roll through? If these three guys can fall through like they did with the Kentucky Wildcats, the Marcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, and Willie Cauley Stein, and they just say, you know what, screw it, we're on the same, we went to the same college, we know what it's like, let's go, let's do this Kentucky Blue thing, they could come out and dominate too. I mean, there's a lot of good potential things. It's just, can they hold it together? And that's, that is, it's the glue. It, it, this reminds me a lot, and I'm not going to sit here and compare, but it's, it is, it really is comparable. The 2001 Philadelphia 76ers, they had a head coach in Larry Brown who was disconnected from this team. He knew what the team was about. He knew the talent the team possessed. It just it, it just came down to them listening or at least buying in. If, it, as long as they bought in, they were fine. I, as long as this team can buy in to George Carl's uh, situation and then go about their business and play their brand of basketball – I think this team's going to be really good. The problem is, is I agree with you. I, I think that their their mentality, their attitudes, just how most of the guys on this team uh, perform with Rajon Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins and their attitudes towards situations, that's what's going to deter them from doing anything this season. And that's where the problem becomes. I mean, I see this team as having the most potential explosion in the NBA from the standpoint of, look, if they come out and just put their heads down and grind, you're talking about a team that can just, just light up a just light up an NBA basketball court. I mean, if they, like you said, throw the ball around but are effective and can score uh, efficiently the way we know they can, that it is. Cutting out, man. Can't hear you. All right. I don't know uh, where Chris is. We'll try to get him back on here in a moment. But the route he was going was, you know, with the explosion on this team, where can they end up? Can they do what their potential says they can do? and reach a level of maybe an eight seed, seven seed. And that's just this year potential. Obviously you got guys like Ben McLemore. Uh, you know, you got guys like DeMarcus Cousins who even even with as good as DeMarcus Cousins is, he still has plenty of room to grow. Uh you you don't want to give up on a team because of what you've seen in the past, especially with this amount of potential. But um, you know, you you can't necessarily you can't buy in. You can't even come close to buying in. 
Um, now, while he's gone, he'll probably want to jump back on the Sacramento Kings when he gets in here. But while he's gone, why don't we take a look at last week's NFL pick standings. Uh, again, we had a listener call in. His name was Leonard. And let's see how we did. In the first game, we had the Pats minus nine versus the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, in that game, we all three took the loss. It was a nine-point game, and it looks like the Patriots uh, actually won, but it was only by seven. I think Chris is back here. Chris, are you back? Yeah, I'm back on the air. Apologies for that. Did, did you hear my question, though? Was there – how did that sound? No, no, I apologize you, for that. You cut out for a while there. Okay. All right. My bad. Uh, my question was, did you have anything else to talk about the Sacramento Kings? Where did I cut out? Uh, you were talking about how explosive they can be. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's all I really wanted to talk about. And if they were, it, they could be explosive, but at the same time, they could also explode. I mean, that's really what I see from this team. They could be a team that could win. 35, 45 games, it all goes well. But if all goes bad, which I think we both agree with, they're a team that's really going to just, you know, really just dissipate and not do well just based upon the attitudes they have on this team. And that's really what I have from my perspective on the Sacramento Kings for this season. Um, you want to talk about the Suns? Let's talk about the Suns. Let's get it going. What do you What do you have right. on the Suns? I'll get to my breakdown, but what do you have? Uh, I think the most interesting team, interesting thing with this team right now, obviously, is the Marquise and Marcus Morris saga. Um, Marcus got traded to my hometown Pistons, which I'm ecstatic about. I think he's a very underrated player and a very good contract. And now Marquise is tweeting out things like, my future will not be here in Phoenix. Let me kind of just throw a message out there, and I know Marquise Morris won't hear this, and I know – He's rich and famous, and I'm not, and yada, yada, yada. But guess what, Marquise Morris? You're not that good. You are a solid NBA basketball player, but nobody cares if you're going to whine about your brother being traded. All it does is make you look bad. It makes your family look bad, which you've managed to do many times on a basketball court just with your attitude, whether it's – whether you know, you and your brother both, even though I'm happy to have him on the team, look at the – the, the case he's going through right now with uh, assault. It, it's it's not a good look for you. It's not a good look for your brother, and it's not a good look for your team. So cut it out. Handle it upstairs. But as far as the team goes, you got two good guards in Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight. I think Eric Bledsoe is a stud, not an all-star, not a, not a great player, but he's a player that's going to go out and he's going to get done what needs to be done. He can drive the rack. He's working on the jump shot. He's physical. What do they call him? Little LeBron, mini LeBron, something like that. He's he's a very good NBA player, and he's exciting to watch. You got Brandon Knight, who's remembered for getting dunked on by DeAndre Jordan or whoever dunked on him the other day, where they didn't even dunk on him. He was trying to throw a charge, so stop it. Uh, you know, Kyrie Irving breaking his ankle in the Futures game. Uh, but he's he's averaging 15-5-5 and for his career. I don't think people realize 15-5-5 and in today's NBA is is a, is excellent. That's a very good player. That's a near all-star in today's NBA. Uh, you, you, got, you got talent on this team, but, Chris, we were talking before the show, and you defined them, or you said the only way to define them is average. They're an average NBA team, which I'll agree with. They they have an average amount of talent, good talent up top, bad talent down low. Uh, they, I, I know I mentioned this team last week, but they remind me of the Rockets post-Tracy Grady where they just can't get out of that eighth seed right around 
fighting for the eight seed, just missing the playoffs, uh, yeah. anywhere from the 13th to the 16th pick in the draft. Um, they, they're going to be stuck in neutral for a while, I really think. Now, obviously, we can't predict any of this with the salary cap rising, but right. it seems like Phoenix, Phoenix, it's a little bit easier because what big-name free agents have gone to Phoenix? They've they've always had to build. They've always had to kind of do it their way. It's it's not a city that people are like, oh wow, I'm going to be free agent. Let me go sit in the bright lights of Phoenix. It's no, let me go sit in the desert in Phoenix and not be able to breathe ten seconds after I walk outside. No knock on Phoenix. I I really like this team. I really like the city. Um, it, it's just not a it's not a premier destination. Uh, it never has been. It probably never will. Be. Um, so I love the word you used to define this team. It's basic, it's easy, it's quick, it's just average. What do you what do you think on that, Chris? You know what's funny is, is you bring up a point that is that is fantastic, the point that free agents don't go there. Well, one guy did in Tyson Chandler. Now that might change a little bit in the aura of what players do in the future. Obviously Brandon Knight re signed there, which I was shocked by. Eric Bledsoe, again, like you said, probably the best player on this team. He is a solid guard. Their guard position is fantastic. Does it matter, though? I mean, they have P.J. Tucker, who's okay. You know, Marquise Morris, like you said, he's kind of wishy-washy. Tyson Chandler is nearing the end of his career, but he's still good defensively and can rebound the ball. Their bench is just flat-out average. Alex Lynn, he's young. He hasn't developed into the guy they thought yet. T.J. Warren, again. John Lure, Devin Booker has a lot of potential, but he's young. Henry Sims, coming from Philadelphia, Archie Goodwin, Mirza Toledovich. They have a solid team, but 35 41, 42 wins, that's that's really what all they're going to do. And you brought up the fact that they're kind of stuck in neutral. The one good thing about this team is down the road, they have a long set of contracts for these guys. Tyson Chandler is here for the next three, four years. Markeith Morris now, he might be gone, but he's here for a while. Eric Bledsoe's here for a while. Brandon Knight's here for a while. Alex Lynn, all these other guys are here for a long time. They're a young team that could build, and Jeff Hornacek's only in his third season. You're talking about a team where, yes, they might be average now, but if they can pick up one piece, and again, a lot of teams are one piece away. But really, if this team picks up a one piece kind of guy, and they might, and if they find it, they can be a team that can be reckoned with. They can be a team that can really be out, you know, out in 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 the front in the West and be a very big surprise. But they haven't really been much of a surprise because they've been average in the Western Conference, which is really, if you think about it. Over the last couple of seasons, the Phoenix Suns would be a very good Eastern Conference team. If this team played in the Eastern Conference, which they can't because they play on the West Coast, but if they did, this would be a team that would contend for a second-round position in the postseason in the Eastern Conference year in and year out. It's just the fact that they play in the Western Conference, and in the Western Conference, average does not cut it. Average in the Eastern Conference does. Average in the West can't cut it, and that's the problem they have. They're still in disarray. Although they do have a they do have a very good guard situation. Like I said, Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Knight, fantastic options of the shooting guard and point guard position. Well, they finally get over the hump. You mentioned it. I mean, they don't have they don't have pieces to do so. Tyson Chandler can help them out defensively, and again, their guard plays good. But outside of that, they got to develop. They just got to develop this season and make a postseason series. That's their goal. Eighth spot is the goal. I mean, really, they can't do much else other than that. And again, that's being stuck in neutral overall. Who needs to step up? Who needs to get them? Over the hump this year, can Devin Booker make a, make a presence? Can Archie Goodwin do it? Milza Toledovich, can someone come in and make a step-up situation? Because Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight have proven 
especially Eric Bledsoe, he can't. They can't carry it together. They can't. They can't do it. They can do. They can win ball games, but for a long stretch, they can't win it together. They haven't proven to do so, and that's no knock on them because they're outstanding. And on most teams in the NBA, they would start. But outside of that, Tyson Chandler is a guy that really isn't going to hold down everything for you defensively. And outside of that, everyone else is kind of average on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, this team has the longevity. They have contract situations where they can last a long time. I mean, the longevity, to be, to be honest, I mean, they can't contend. It comes, it comes with development. If they can develop, if they can impose this season and make strides every season from here on out for the next couple of seasons, they can get back to the Suns from the mid-2000s. They can. It just will take development. It'll take draft picks. It'll take guys stepping up. It's, it's, it's going to be a process. And right now, they're in that process state of mind. If they just follow the process, get better, improve, get draft picks, maybe pick up a free agent here and there like they kind of did this year. If they do that every year, you're talking about a team that will eventually become a powerhouse in the West. But right now, it's just not there yet. They're average. Division awards. Division awards. What are they, Andrew? Get them. All right, first, real quick, while your mic cut out, we kind of started this. Just want to finish it up real quick. I'll do it. I'll do it nice and quick. First game, Pats versus Colts. We all took the L. It was a nine-point spread. The Pats only won by seven. Second game, Lions were minus three versus the Bears. We all got a draw. It was a three-point game. Uh, third game, Panthers versus Seahawks. Seahawks given seven points. Chris, you and I got the win while our listener, Leonard, took the loss. Cincinnati versus Buffalo. Uh, Cincinnati minus three. We all took Cincinnati, and we all got the win. And then Chargers versus Green Bay. You and our listener, Leonard, took the Chargers, while I took Green Bay. Uh, So you two got the win. I got the loss. So the final records are me and the listener, who we would love to have a new one every week, two, two, and one. And then you are in first place at three, one, and one. But on to the division winners. First, we got division MVP. My choice for this one is Blake Griffin. Who you got on that, Chris? Wow, Blake Griffin, man. There's so many options in this division, to be honest with you. I mean, you could choose Blake Griffin, who's a fantastic option. I think, honestly, and it's easy to pick Steph Curry. Um, I I think I'm going to go with Steph Curry again. I think Steph Curry is going to have another outstanding year, and I think he's going to be the guy to be reckoned with again. I don't know if he's going to win MVP in the NBA, but he's definitely going to be the best player in this division. Not a bad choice, not a bad choice. All right, division least valuable player. This one was easy for me. I uh, just kind of went on a little tiny mini rant about him. Uh, Rajon Rondo is my least valuable player in the division. Okay. You mentioned how people think Roy Hibbert's going to be a great player in L.A. He is the easiest <laughs> pick in this. He is the easiest least valuable player. This guy is going to find ways to disappear. He's going to find ways to just sit in the crowd and watch basketball. He's not going to do anything. He's garbage, and I think he's going he's gonna to prove it again this season. He's going to be the least valuable player. All right, division coach of the year. I want to hear yours on this one first. Whoo, division coach of the year. It's going to be Doc Rivers, man. Doc Rivers is going to be the guy that's going to get this team to the next level. They might get the NBA championship. Easy. That's an easy pick. You're right. You're spot on on that one. All right, now we get yeah. the per-game leaders. Points per-game leaders. Uh, I no, I think we're going to have differing picks on this one again. People are going to call me crazy. But go ahead. Who you got? Um, oh, man. It's really between two guys and Blake Griffin and uh, and Steph Curry. I'm going to have to take Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin might have the points, but Steph Curry is going to be right there behind him. But I think Steph's going to improve on his assists this year, and I think he's actually going to be a more well-rounded player, which is scary. Um, and from that standpoint, I think he's going to drop uh, points-wise, but I think I think Blake Griffin's going to take it this year. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. And then real quick before we go off air here, rebounds per game, who you got? Rebounds per game, man, this is tough because Tyson Chandler just dropped into the league, dropped into this division. DeAndre Jordan's obviously here. Blake Griffin, you got a guy in Julius Randle who's healthy, who knows, DeMarcus Cousins. This is a very tough division when it comes to rebounds. I'm going to have to go with uh, – I'm, I'm just going to say DeAndre Jordan from the standpoint of the guy can grab your boards. He can, but there's a lot of options in this division. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and it's it's close, but – it's. I mean, it's not close. It's there's Like you said, there's a lot of good rebounders. Tyson Chandler is going to have a few, but DeAndre Jordan, I mean, he could have 15, 16 rebounds. Hey, he's, he's a beast on the boards, and, and it's right. going to stay that way. All right. Anything else? Uh, I just want to say real fast, uh, you know, I, wa- I want you guys to keep listening. We want you guys to call in. We want to get rid of NBA 2K. We want to give away, you know, beanies or shirts or uh, bumper stickers. You know, maybe maybe if you don't know where we're at, we're on CLNS Radio, we're on Blog Talk Radio, you say, well, we're listening to you. Obviously, we know how to get there. Maybe you're sitting there in Grinders Pizza, who, you know, we were told earlier, Grinders Pizza, you know, they're they're sitting there listening to us. Maybe you don't know. We are on CLNS Radio and Blog Talk Radio. We are the Hooper's Blog, and we just want to give the best show possible, and we thank you guys for listening. Chris, take it away, man. We've got about a minute left on the show. Again, our next show will be tomorrow. Same time, same place. We're going to talk about the Southwest Division, the best division in basketball from a year ago. We're going to talk about them. We're going to preview them, and hopefully I don't cut out like I did in this show. Again, tomorrow on Wednesday, back to the normal schedule, October 21st, 2015. We'll preview the Southwest Division, all five teams, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern here on blogtalkradio.com slash thehooperslog on top of if you want to listen to the uh, podcast, go to CLNS Radio, the app. That is our show for the day. Thank you again, Andrew. Anything anything else you want to say? Peace. All right, peace, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your day. <laughs>